This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Kia ora everyone, my name is Arina Aizal and thank you for tuning in on Otago Access Radio for my radio show and podcast The Arenality. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Kidnappers in Hawke's Bay, Wellington Access Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch, Free FM in Hamilton and Coast Access Radio in Horofenua and Kapiti. Hello from Dunedin, and to our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast, hello from New Zealand. So the Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being, and passions in Aotearoa. In this episode, we have Heymar, a rehab consultant from Burma. Kia ora, hey? Kia ora, Arena. Thank you so much for making time to talk to me today. Oh, thank you so so much for invitation. Mm. I'm quite excited and a bit nervous. No, don't be. <laughs> I think the people who are here know that you know the people I usually interview are people who are passionate about these things and like quiet voices as well. Um, so this is a really safe space to be talking about the things we'll be talking about today. Well, that's great. <laughs> Um, so firstly, do you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? Oh, well, um, I will start with a very simple uh, introduction. So uh, my name is Hema, and I'm originally from Burma. And nowadays, we, we are called as Myanmar. So I graduated uh, as a medical doctor in Burma in 2000s and briefly worked there for two years, including house officer post. Um, after that, I joined my husband, who was working in Singapore at the time in 2004, and I started my junior medical days in Singapore, and I, I, I finished um, post-grad trainings and exams and uh, finally specialist trainings in rehabilitation medicine. And I was working as a rehab, uh, rehab physician in 2014 as a consultant. At the time, around 2016, uh, my husband moved to Australia because of his work and um, a kind of our family might be joining Australia. And but somehow in 2016, we visited Dunedin, New Zealand and we instantly fell in love with uh, Dunedin, and we moved to New Zealand. This is my background. Wow! So I, why I end up in New Zealand here? That is so interesting. Like you did yeah. not plan to come and yeah. like live in Dunedin. Suddenly you're here. Yeah. Hmm. What is it about Dunedin that made you fell in love with it? Oh well, first of all, I would say that the lands- landscape ah. and um, people here. I, I was um I was you know like uh, the first the first day I was in Dunedin I still remember that the the you know the hills the greeneries and the weather uh, I think it was into October and you know the all the trees and you know the environment they really attracted me 
Um, we visited uh, Lanark Castle, Botanic Garden, and you know, like so that that really uh, gave me really very um, lovely atmosphere at that time. Yeah. And then the somehow I fell in love instantly. And um, the people, the people are very lovely, very cheerful, and we never met each other before, and yet we smile each other, hmm. say how are you, and they're very friendly. And then that we were kind of lost in somewhere, and then they asked people around where where is the direction and all those, and that they they were very helpful. So. That was another reason mm. uh, I fell in love with Dunedin. It's a really good first impression and such a beautiful story, you know, because you yeah. were like based in Australia. Um, was it easy to just like move from Australia to New Zealand? I, I was based in Singapore at the time, but my husband was based in Australia. Mm. So we were, I was still in uh, Singapore, he was in Australia. So, but uh, when we moved to New Zealand in 2017, yeah, and um, it was it was some adjustment uh, for us because uh, the weather, first of all, mm-hmm. and the second thing is obviously uh, from Asian culture to remove Western culture, and but uh, the similarity is that here is also quite multicultural nature, like mm-hmm. in Singapore. Because in, in Singapore, I was working in there, living in there for more than 13 years. We have uh, different cultures in Singapore. We respect each other a lot as well. And uh, so that is quite similar. And I, I would say that the support from people around, um, from my neighbours, from my colleagues, it was not that tough for us. Yeah. Honest. Uh, so it's such a lovely story in New Zealand. Exactly. Um, that's beautiful. And you mentioned that you are a rehab consultant. Can you tell us what that means and what it does? Oh, we deal with the patients, um, who suffered from stroke, traumatic brain injuries and, you know, orthopedic injuries and then that they, they are impaired in their functions and we bring them to our ward to rehabilitate them so that uh, we are hopeful that they uh, they will be able to function again as independent as possible and to re- introduce them into the community, their families as independent as possible. Um, so that is quality of life, you know. So this is a how we specialize in rehab and uh, we have different diagnoses and uh you know, surgical cases, medical cases, neurosurgical cases were quite mixed. Yeah. yeah, that is such a beautiful job. Like you are trying to help them go back to the um, the way they used to live, like trying their best and also bringing them back to society. I think that's such a rewarding thing as well to be doing. Yes, it is. And uh, as a rehab doctor, I can't function myself alone. We we need a teamwork. Mm. Um, I'm very thankful to the team members, physiotherapists, occupational therapists, psychologists, social worker, pharmacists, nurses, everyone. Mm. And, you know, like, uh, so the uh, speech and language therapists. Uh, so all work together as a team. And we have a lot of discussions uh, to plan for the patient, to achieve the goals, to set the goals. So it is really a teamwork. 
Mm. Um, so it is that the nature of the work is very lovely as well. Yeah. I imagine like there will be, there were so many stories of, um, you know, the patients that you've taken care of. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you've been a doctor for a while because you graduated in the 2000s? Uh, 2002. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, it has been quite a while. Uh, have you always wanted to be a doctor? Oh, this is a very good question. Uh. And, well, I would say that it it was one of the, my passions when I was young in back home, it could be due to the fact that the the you know the the culture as well you know like in our culture we listen to elders we listen to parents we listen to teachers. Uh, somehow when your teachers and your parents thought, oh you could be a doctor, <laughs> I try to be studious. And then I tried my best uh, to enter medical school, and um, I became a doctor. I become as a doctor, but if I was born in different country, I'm not sure what what would be my career. I might be given many choices. I might be uh, brought up in the culture with a lot of the, you know, um, um, testings to find out which area I want to be in as mm. my future. So, well, I, I always question myself, uh, will I be a doctor if I was born in other country and mm. not in Burma? Yeah. That so, is... but again, yeah, another option is that I always question myself that if I was born in some other country, will I be like a geologist? Will I be like a gemologist? Mm. Or will I be like a fashion designer? <laughs> Those yeah. are the areas that the, I'm quite interested in. Mm. Okay, let's talk about fashion designing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always so interesting to like think about, you know, you have so many other parts of you that you are passionate about. Um, Something I do want for us to talk about is your cultural identity. Um, do you want to share with us what you understand by that? So I love to share my cultural identities. Basically, my culture is quite simple. Um, basically, I mostly I practice Burmese culture in home. And, you know, which is supporting and opening, open and respecting uh, to other different cultures as well. So in Bemi's uh, culture is that, you know, we need to respect seniors, as I said before, listening to seniors, your parents, your teachers, your elders, keeping in touch closely with your parents and relatives and friends. Um Sometimes uh, some are not your relative, but yet you treat them like a relative. Mm. Uh, sometimes their relatives are quite distant, uh, but you still treat them as a close relative. So a kind of very fana orientated um, thing. Yeah. The, the culture is like that. And there is, you know, during my deal when I was young and uh, there was usually, uh, a, you know, that the practice was like, there was no counter argument or no question back to the parents when you are told to do one, two, three, four. Hmm. So, so that kind of culture, a kind of more listening and uh, kind of culture. But I, I, 
adopt, even though I said I practice Burmese culture, I, I adopt all the cultures, which I think is good to practice. Mm. Open listening those kind of culture. For example, like um, my son, my son is born in Singapore. My son was born in Singapore and brought up in New Zealand. And he arrived here since he was four. And he usually asks me questions. Why? And discuss with me why. And, and it also provides a feedback to me sometimes. And I'm very open to listen to him. As long as his reasons are, his feedbacks are very reasonable, I, I will listen to him. And this is not my culture, but this is different from my culture, but I also adopt that culture. At the same time, I, um, I teach him what is my culture like. And so basically he gets all the good things from the different cultures, I think. Yeah. Um, and New Zealand is a very open and, you know, understanding society. We have all different cultures here, Maori, Europeans, different, different Asians. I have seen a wide variety of Asians in here. And then the everyone is really well respectful to each other's culture which I think is a very lovely and a, a very peaceful, in other words. Hmm. Yeah. I love that you um, talked about this as a mother because you see that your kids are growing up in a culture that is different than what you grew up with. Um, right. And um, like I can't imagine doing that. It must be really hard, but like at the same time, because um, you're not used to this that culture you grew up in a very different culture I'm sure you know the things your parents told you and um stuff and you think you know that's probably how you were gonna raise your children but um you just can't um bring that to their culture um here when they are with their Kiwi friends you know they learn very different things from what you learn um so I really respect that you are opening up you know, and challenging yourself um, to adopt your children's culture. I think that's very good. Yeah, mm. it is not easy. Yes, I agree. It is. It is not. It, it was not easy, but uh, I am used to it. For example, yeah. Now you 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 brought up this topic. So basically, yes. For example, in in Asian culture, your junior never calls your name. No. <laughs> yeah, so you have to address Tata who and who. Mm. And likewise, I I can't call my senior consultant or my head of department by name. I, I usually have to address prof who and who, mm. a doctor who and who. But it is not the case in New Zealand. Yeah. And so when I first came here, my junior, uh, my colleagues called me, um, and Hema, and then there. So basically, initially, it was a little bit hard, you know, like, yeah. oh, well, I mean, I, I'm preferred to be called Hema, not my full name, which is full name, which is so Hema. But, and yet, I understand this is the culture here. We don't usually address by position. Yeah. And so basically, the first a few, the first few weeks, it was a kind of, my junior called me Hema. I was a kind of, oh, well, this is a little bit strange. Yeah. <laughs> but I know this is the culture, so I adapted to that. So now I'm like uh, very well adapted to the culture. For example, um, you know, my house, some my house officer called me like sometimes this house officer are still trying to call the consultant like Dr. Who and who he are as well. Mm-hmm. But um you know, like, 
I, whenever I remember, or I told them that, okay, you can call me as Hema. You know, some house officer call me Hema. I, I'm okay with that. Some will call me Dr. Hema. And uh, sometimes, yeah, I accepted that. Sometimes I said, I told them that you can call me Hema as well, you know. Yeah. So I'm not adapted to this culture, I think. Uh, that's I, good. I, yeah, yeah, we need to be quite flexible. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I remember arriving uh, to New Zealand and calling my teachers Mr. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Something. And they're like, don't call me that. <laughs> Just call me by my name. It's so weird because, um, of course, I was used to respecting my elders. You know, I think of you as my um, like elder. So that's why I'm calling you with like a formal name. But um, they don't want that. They want to be seen as your friend. <laughs> it's so interesting. Um, well, thank Thank you for sharing that um you know it's it must be a lot of um conversations you've been having within yourself and you know with your children around your family about culture um, and adapting to culture mm. yeah. yeah i am yeah um something i do want to talk about with you is your passions um so you've traveled a lot um basically from burma to singapore to australia and now you're in new zealand um is that something you love doing just traveling yes yes i I love traveling Uh, i like to go to different places um uh, meeting different people uh, looking around different sceneries and nature um I'm not really adventurous. That is my honest confession. Uh, you know, like, as again, going back, it is a kind of a bit cultural related. Uh, during my days in back home, the, the girls were asked to be a bit more gentle, quiet, and um, uh, kind of the soft sports rather than adventurous sports or something like that. So, I was trained that way, so I'm not that adventurous. However, I love to see sceneries, different landscapes, and meet, catching up with different people. And just walk around, breathe in fresh air, enjoy landscape sticks. I take photos. I have lots of photos. And shop around. I'm that kind of person, you know, like I love shop. I love, I love shopping. And shopping... Another passion or uh, uh, other hobby is like probably I would say that like shopping. Shopping means uh, not necessarily to be expensive items. You know, it, it can be anything. It can be, you know, secondhand item, you know. Um, so souvenirs, um, some costume, jewelries, clothing um, from different places. I buy I buy things from different places. I love to do that. For example, uh, during summer trip, uh, on the way back to Dunedin, we stopped at Kaikora, where I shopped as well. I bought um, costume earrings, those kind of thing, and uh, some paintings, and uh, the dry flowers there as well. And recently, I was on the way to Central Odago during Easter Easter holiday. It was just one night trip, and I stopped at Lawrence for a short coffee break. Yeah. And I found a flora and painting shop opened on that day, which was Sunday. Usually, they closed. Mm-hmm. So I bought dry flowers from there, and um, I kept, I'm keeping them maybe for myself. Sometimes I give those to my friends, colleagues, relatives as well. So I label myself as I love shopping as well. Uh, probably it is one of the passions. <laughs> I love that. 
Yeah, I do not overspend. Um, I spend wisely, and it is really, um, uh, it is really, you know, happy moment when I see the people say thank you so much uh, when I give a present like drying flower that they cannot buy in Singapore or Burma. Mm. Yes. So, yeah, so that really makes me happy if they are happy. You know what I love about this? Um, Usually shopping is associated to being materialistic or something like bad, you know? Um, But you're saying that shopping is a passion and why you love it is when you shop, you are making other people happy and that's making you happy. Um, And also you tend to associate buying things with places because when you visit that place, you want to have a piece to remember those places. I think that's such a beautiful thing, you know? And I love that you're just owning it up. Like, yeah, I love shopping, you know? That's such a brave thing. Especially when, you know, some people, they see it as something wasteful or something they don't. Um, because, like, in my culture, um, we try our best to not spend like like save the best you can you know don't waste money or you know things like that Um, but you know like i would love to love shopping you know that's the thing Hmm. it really makes me good memories like for example um i bought um a you know a photo frame in 2012 when i was traveling to u.s i mean when i was in U.S. just a three weeks trip at the time, catching up with my sister. And that was 10 years ago. And when I look at that photo frame, it gave me the, the good memory where I bought it from, how was the price at the time, and how beautiful it is, the, that kind of memory. So I think it is not the price or item. Mm-hmm. I think it is it's part of your memory. That is how I put definition for shopping. Yeah, <laughs> and it is so beautiful. Yeah, thank you so yes. much for sharing that. Um, yeah, something I do want to talk to you about is um, about well-being. Um, yeah. So you are a busy person, you know, um, as a doctor, I'm sure, uh, and you have family back home. Um how do you take care of your well-being? You know, how do you take care of yourself? Because you're also a mother. You take care of your children. There's a lot going on, right? Yes, mm. yes. Yes, you're right. Um, so I try to hit gym like at least three times a week. Um, if I can't go to gym for any reason, I try to walk around uh, uh, from my home to city center, which is about like five to six kilometer only. And uh, sometimes if the weather is cold, I end up doing a bit of um, aerobic exercises inside the house. Mm-hmm. So I put, I put this way, exercising and maintaining my health is a, a, a part of my daily routine. And um, it is really good to keep myself as active as possible and keeping as healthy as possible. So... Yes, that is how I manage my well-being. Of course, uh, trying to eat healthy food is important, but the exercising is a, a one of the main things I try to deal with my stress 
or my well-being. Mm. Yeah. That's very good. Um, you know, and like whatever you just said, I trust you because you're a doctor, so uh, <laughs> you know what you're saying. Um, but yeah, like movement is such an important way to help with your well-being. Um, it's something that I wish I can do more <laughs> of because um, I used to walk a lot when I'm going to work. But now yeah. because I'm working from home, there's less of that. But, you yeah. know, you can always make time to go to the gym if a busy doctor can you, like you can do it, <laughs> for sure, you know. Yes. Uh, um, here, the people are quite sporty and yeah. they're quite active. So I'm not as active as Kiwis, mm. but I try my best uh, to be active. Mm. And, yeah, it is good. Uh, it is really good to keep ourselves moving yeah yeah kiwis really inspire us of like they're they very are. active yeah hmm. yeah they are very sporty very adventurous uh, very nature loving yeah yeah hmm. uh, well thank you so much hey for uh spending time with me and sharing about your life it's been amazing um yeah. there's also something else that you wanted to share with us today um i think it's worth it as well to be sharing on this show um, so that people are aware of the situations, um, you know, of Burmese people overseas uh, and the um, situation with the military coup um, back in Burma. So, you know, you can share with us about yeah, that. I, yes, I will briefly share. Yeah, so basically, I myself, my family and most Burmese overseas, we have been dealing with a very difficult time since uh, 1st February 2021. Because of military coup, um, you know, Burmese army detained all democratic officers, government bodies, dissolved parliaments, and illegally seized control of the country. So all Burmese who left justice and democracy and freedom, we couldn't accept this dictatorship. And we have been fighting for justice and democracy by speaks out via various channels and avenues such as social media. And also we are supporting humanitarian needs for, um, you know, people in Black Hole. And at the same time, you know, we all are giving our full sympathy to Ukrainian and who are suffering tremendously at the moment, um, uh, from the invasion from Putin. So I, I, whenever I see that news, this news, I feel pain from my heart because I can feel the pain from the heart. We are in the same boat. The only difference is that I think the Ukrainian news are well acknowledged by the world, whereas our Burmese situation um, is not well known to other people sometimes i even i mean a lot of people know but and yet a lot of people are not um knowing what is happening in back home so it is really really tough for people uh, my most of family members friends colleagues in back home are you know like feeling day-to-day life how difficult their life is and all those so it is tough but I'm sure justice will win Yeah, it's as a matter of time. Yeah. So I really appreciate uh, peace and justice and uh, practicing democracy in New Zealand. 
And I feel we are very lucky. So I'm very thankful to them. Of course, I'm very thankful um, to you as well, Arena. You have been very supportive to us uh, during our concert last year as well. And um, you know, said so this is a part of our culture. And the thank you is really coming from our heart. And then that we always remember people who have helped us. And um, so I'm trying my best to help the community here as a doctor. Mm. And yeah, I haven't done any volunteer job here just because I'm full-time working and a full-time mother as well. Mm. But one day I'm very hopeful to join some volunteer forces if let's say if I'm working part-time in future. Yeah. And yeah. you are doing so much already. Remember that, you know, yeah. Yeah. you're not only helping your community oh as a doctor, but you know, you're raising a family, you have your friends around you and you're spreading po- positivity. So it's yeah. always good to acknowledge that you're all actually doing a lot already. Mm. Thank you very much for this comment. Uh, it really <laughs> gives me more strength. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I have a lot of things on my plate at the moment. Uh, but yeah, but with the supportive people around, um, I'm coping all the stresses as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Hey, for being here today. I really appreciate you sharing your story and you know, t- letting us know about um, the military coup and how people can you know show sympathy and support. Mm. Yeah. Thanks so much, Arena. That really makes us uh, very encouraged and you know very positive. Uh, comment and support mm. you know sometimes a single word from colleague or friends or people like you and just we we are aware of your situations and then the yeah we understand you that just simple words makes us a lot of a lot of energy yeah like vitamins exactly yeah. thank you you've been listening to the arenality on rfm This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.